Hello everyone and welcome back to Darcy's Inner Dialogues podcast. We are back with episode six and I'm very sorry that this week's episode is late. We had a few technical difficulties but better late than never and today I'm here to talk to you about anxiety, my experience with it, panic attacks and just my general tips that I have found to help ease it. I'm not going to say get rid of it because it's definitely still there but ease it at the times where you think it can't be eased and yeah just what I've really found works for me. I hope you've had a great week and if you've not had a great week I hope that you have got through your week whatever it may be and like I said on my Instagram remember that every bad moment in your life no matter how long it is it's just a chapter in your bigger story and every chapter must come to an end. It may feel like your current chapter is dragging on and on and on but nonetheless, every chapter must come to an end and you'll move on to your new happy chapter. So just keep going, just keep reading your story and you will it will change. So even if you're looking at it blindly, like I said last week, just keep going and you'll get there. But let's talk about the lovely thing that is anxiety. Now, I have genuinely never experienced proper anxiety in my life ever before, before February. I mean, I guess I had some slight, you could argue my anorexia was anxiety because, you know, you're anxious about your body, but this was, this was just a whole nother kettle of fish. And with my anorexia, I had one panic attack. And that was when I was at school, I was walking back when I was at my like first school, I was walking back from PE and I was just so self-conscious of myself and I honestly believe, like I had got so in my own head that I believed everyone was looking at me on the, we called it the causeway, but on the on the path back to my boarding house. So like you maybe passed like 70 other students. I honestly believed that every single one of them was looking at me and thinking how big my body was. Like it's absolutely crazy. And it honestly, like I felt like I couldn't breathe and I ran back to house and I had a panic attack in my room and that was my only experience that I can remember prior to now and in February I have no idea what happened really I was just driving and I basically had an internal panic attack and it's something that I've come to learn is called depersonalization or DPDR and it's basically when you it's like you separate from yourself. It's really hard to describe if you've not gone through it. I hope you never go through it because it's awful, but it's like the world doesn't seem real and it's like you are almost like in a movie or like the people that you know and love, like my boyfriend was sitting next to me and I know who he is, obviously, like, duh, but in that moment, it was, it felt, there was this weird thing where it's like, I didn't know who it was. I cannot explain it to you. Um, and it, yeah, I just internally had a panic attack and I say internally because I didn't want to tell him because we were driving on the four lanes of the motorway in Glasgow. And I was like, if I tell him that I'm panicking right now, it's going to make me panic more and I can't panic on the motorway right now. So that was the first kind of experience with it. Now, I think if I'd known what it was at the time, I would have gone, okay, that's what that was. And I would have moved on but I didn't. I didn't know what it was and that made me constantly think about it and think over it and worry over it and 
I think that just made it, if, if I think about it, I can make it happen again, even though I don't want it to. And that makes me panic. And then we have the anxiety back in a constant loop. And I also struggle with OCD and, but just thoughts. It can be thoughts about anything. Like I had really bad health anxiety and I was obsessing over this bump that I had on my neck and it turned out to just be a lymph node, but I was just so scared. And it was just, it's like I'd latched onto it completely and I just, it wouldn't leave my brain. It wouldn't leave my brain that that is just a lymph node. Even though two doctors told me and I had blood tests done, I still didn't believe. Well, I, it's not that I didn't believe them, but it was just like, they couldn't say 1000% that it was absolutely nothing. And I just felt like I needed that 1000%. Like I needed the full reassurance. And I think that's kind of where my like obsessive thoughts started. Like I would feel my neck every day. And then it later developed into intrusive thoughts where now if you haven't never had intrusive thoughts like I feel like we kind of use the word a bit nonchalantly like if you've actually had intrusive thoughts they're absolutely terrifying let me tell you like I see the thing is I've come to realize every single person has an intrusive thought but it's the way we react to it that makes it stick or not so like at some point in your life you might have thought oh you know what if I push that person in front of a train if when you're standing at a train line now that sounds horrendous but like you kind of think it or like when you're driving you're like oh what if I like veer my car off the road but you like normally you just kind of laugh at it and go "Mm, that was a really weird thought and you don't think about it but my issue was I started obsessing over them because they freaked me out so much like I was hysterically crying And I was just like, what's wrong with me? Like, why am I thinking about this? Always is about people I love. Like, it's like, what if I hurt them? Or what if I do this? And it's always got this what if, and that's where the anxiety feeds into it because I'm so scared about something that potentially could happen in the future. And I obsess over it. Like, I still struggle with this today. So that's been five months and I still have panic attacks. I have found ways to bring myself down from them which I'm thankful for but it's still awful but anxiety can take various forms for various different people like I know people that have just got general anxiety they've got anxiety from from being in big crowds even I slightly had that after covid I think a fair few people did just big crowds made me uncomfortable because I obviously hadn't been in one in so long So when things got busy again it was a bit weird but like I said health anxiety that is very common and then any type of OCD is anxiety based. So anxiety can take form in so many ways and I feel like any single person could have it. Like I said, I have never ever had it before and then the past five months it's like rolled my life. So I hope that this episode will help you and maybe if you don't have it now, at least if you do kind of experience in the future, you might have some tips. Or if you know somebody who is anxious, like these little things can help them and it really is amazing. Now before I started this episode I was curious what Google's definition of anxiety was and it says anxiety is a feeling of worry, nervousness or unease about something with an uncertain outcome. That is so true. Like for me my anxiety is completely based off not being able to get full reassurance that something won't happen and that's where it rises from and I also saw this quote that said people with what was it people with depression are living in the past people with anxiety are living in the future and people at peace live in the present and that I feel like that is very true like where we want to be is in the present at peace 
and it is constantly these what ifs, what if this happens, what if that happens, we're immediately putting ourselves in this future state and that makes us panic because how can we know for sure? We can't because we're not, we're not mind readers, we can't tell the future but our brain latches onto that and for me I'm trying to get to this level of understanding that we can't have reassurance about everything. Like technically, yes, any any of the things that you think of technically could happen but the likelihood, very low. It's like saying, what if I won the lottery? Like, that doesn't, that's not making it come true. And so when I have these thoughts of like, what if I hurt Tristan? Like, my brain won't put that on the same level as saying, what if I win the lottery? Like, it just, it's so scary, that thought, that that's all my brain wants to think about. Because I think my brain thinks, because it's so scary, I need to think about it all the time because the more I think about it, the more likely I'll be able to solve it. Or it also thinks that if I don't think about it, then it potentially could happen. Like, I don't really know. I honestly can't even explain to you what goes on in my brain sometimes. I, I'm with 1000% an overthinker. And I think that is really why the anxiety has taken hold. Now, if you've never experienced a panic attack, then you won't fully be able to understand what it feels like to say. It feels like you're dying. It sounds a bit dramatic, but it honestly does. So it starts off with one thought for me. I, well, I think every panic attack starts off with a thought because it has to be triggered. And so I'll think something up and I will then react a bit scared to that thought. And then I just kind of feel my breathing becoming a bit more shallow, um, like in and out, in and out, not through my nose and... I can just kind of feel my chest getting heavier and getting like constricted and that makes me worry about the thought more because obviously there's more adrenaline in me now and it's just terrifying it's really scary and it kind of feels like you're having a heart attack but it honestly feels like you're starting to not be able to breathe even though you are breathing fine and that's another thing I can also like send myself into a, a panic attack if I focus even just on my breathing like I remember when I went to a concert not long not long ago and the music was so loud that I could actually hear my breath. That sounds so strange, but like I was I could like hear my breath in my ears because the bass was so loud. And the more I focused on my breath, I kind of realized that I controlled my breathing, even though we do it without thinking. I then realized that I controlled my breath and that panicked me because I was like, oh my goodness, what if I stopped breathing? <laughs> Which is like, it's so silly, but I then became really focused on taking a breath in, taking a breath out. And then I realized that I was like coming more and more shallow and it was going into a panic attack. And I was like, I'm in the middle of a concert. If I have a panic attack, like I can't get out. And that obviously made me panic more. Like I'm saying all this to you to hopefully understand kind of how anxiety can kind of grow and also like how stupid it can be and I, I don't I, I'm saying stupid about my own anxiety like I don't want to call your anxiety stupid because it's not like to me it's like it's the end of the world it's everything but it's not I, I'm trying to find ways to keep saying to myself that although it feels like the world is ending the world is not ending another cute quote I found I do like a quote if you haven't uh, realized by now but the quote was what the caterpillar calls the end the rest of the world calls a butterfly so I take that to mean you can feel like the world's ending, but it's not. Your anxiety can make you feel like you're ending, but you will grow. You will move on from this. You will become mentally stronger because of this and you will turn into that butterfly that can go off into the world. And it's just the fact that our brain is so focused on this anxiety and the now that it doesn't see the after and the beyond, but there is a beyond. 
and you can get past this. You just have to keep blindly muddling through, like I said. Now, when I'm in an actual panic attack, what I have found to help was, this has been a lot of trial and effort. At the very beginning, I my panic attacks were so bad, I had for a week, I had diazepam because I couldn't, I was just in such a panic and I couldn't, it was like I couldn't breathe. And so I had a week on a diazepam and I, that did totally help me, but you cannot stay on diazepam long. So it was kind of like, this is, this is extremely temporary. So I was like, okay, it's down to me to try and work out what I can do. So box breathing is one. And it's, for me, it's like you go in through your nose for four, out for four. And it's kind of like in your head, you imagine going down a box or alternatively, you can go in for four and out for eight. If you want to make like focus on your breath even more and even though I've said focusing on my breath panicked me before, in this way you're focusing on relaxing the breath. So it does really help slow it down and it slows your heart rate down because when you're in a panic attack, your heart rate increases a lot. And even when I was on holiday in Dubai, like a few weeks ago, I had a panic attack in my in my room and I took myself away to the bathroom and I sat on top of the toilet and I was like, okay. And I closed my eyes and I just took myself away to where I was in the moment. I was just like, okay, you're not in Dubai right now. You're not where you are. Like panic attacks can honestly creep up at any time. Like I want to stress that. Like I was on a very relaxing holiday in Dubai and I still had a panic attack. So I went away on my own, sat on the toilet and I closed my eyes. And there was a podcast that I listened to by Dr. Mario Martinez. He's a neuropsychologist and it's called The Mind Body Code. And he talks about you having portals. So you've got like your legs and your stomach and then you've got your chest, your throat, your mind and then like your spirit around you. And he speaks you through a meditation-like practice where you essentially focus on each of those portals because when you have a panic attack and get really anxious, blood rushes to your feet because it triggers that flight or fight response. And that's why your stomach turns and you might quickly need to run to the toilet because all that adrenaline and all that blood's rushing out. So what you do is you sit in your space and you close your eyes and you focus on that portal. So focus on like your legs and your stomach and you say safe, safe, safe. Like you repeat that slowly whilst breathing and then you say, I am safety. I am safety. I am safety. And then I take safety with me wherever I go. And you just focus on breathing into those parts. It sounds weird to say breathe into those parts because obviously you can't physically breathe into your legs, but you just want to bring your whole attention into your legs and into your stomach and just focus on saying, I am safe, I am safe, I take safety wherever I go and you stay on it as long as you need. And when you feel that kind of fizziness in your stomach or the kind of heaviness in your legs start to ease, you can move on to the next one. And for your chest, it's love, 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 I am love, I am love, I am love, I take love with me wherever I go. And again, same idea. And then you move up to your throat and it's expression, expression, I am expression, I take expression with me wherever I go. And then up to your head, like your forehead, and it's, you say, peace, I am peace, I take peace with me wherever I go. And then you're kind of surrounding yourself of your body. You say, spirit, 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 I am spirit. And then I am spirit wherever I go. Now that sounds a bit wishy-washy in what potentially could. To me at first, I was so skeptical and I was like, you want me to breathe into my legs. But 
I think, you know what, even if you don't fully believe it, I think taking that moment away when you're in that moment of panic to sit and just focus on your legs and what you're saying and focusing on the words like you are saying that you are safety like you feel really unsafe right now but you're not you're not unsafe you are just uncomfortable and that's true for all of the anxiety like the anxiety just makes you feel uncomfortable it also makes you feel unsafe but you're not and that's also something I try to remember when I'm starting to get panicky I'm like you know what you're not actually unsafe you're just feeling extremely uncomfortable nothing bad is going to happen even though it feels like the world is ending. So focusing on those different parts of your body, like Dr. Martinez said, it just helps to bring a sense of peace into them and it really stops that panic attack. You can stop a panic attack in its tracks essentially because you're showing yourself that you do actually have the control, like you are in control, not your anxiety, and you can kind of say like, go away. And that I found that to really help. So I would highly recommend listening to the Mind Body Code. Another thing that I have really found to help with my anxiety is trying to limit my caffeine intake because I am a slight caffeine addict. I'm not going to lie. I am a white monster girl. Um, no, I mean, I'm not gonna lie to you. I do still have the odd white monster, but I only drink decaf tea and I only drink decaf coffee and I try to only drink like decaf fizzy drinks, obviously apart from Monster, but I'm not gonna lie to you. If they did a decaf white Monster, I would drink it. I just love the taste of white Monster. It's not my best trait, but you know what? We can't all be perfect and yeah, we're working on it. But I definitely think limiting your caffeine intake does help because obviously caffeine can lead to your heart rate getting higher and then that panicky feeling and then it's just a spiral of anxiety and also having less caffeine does seriously seriously help your sleep and a well-slept person is a less likely to be anxious person I think. I am definitely less anxious when I've had good sleep and it's kind of like a, a vicious circle because I also sleep better when I'm less anxious. So I would recommend if you've not tried a little caffeine cleanse give it a go. There are some serious good caffeine alternatives like decaf coffee and tea. You cannot tell the difference if you get the right ones. If you want some recommendations, give me a little DM and I'll let you know. I'm not going to lie. If you seriously have a lot of caffeine though, like you can have some slight caffeine withdrawals. It's so bad. I can sometimes get a caffeine headache and it's because I'm craving caffeine. And I think that's when you realize you do have a problem, but you just got to stick it through and keep going. I try to trick myself by having um, sparkling water and <laughs> and diluting orange and telling myself that it's Fanta. I mean, it sometimes works, it sometimes doesn't. I've also tried having kombucha um, instead of a monster. Mm, some days it works, again, some days it most definitely doesn't. But you just got to trial, find what works for you. And I also think finding a good exercise regime really helps because, again, you are going and you're moving your body and you're showing that you are in control. Like, you can decide what happens. You can make yourself stronger. Like, you mentally might be feeling weak, but pushing yourself working out and pushing yourself to do those extra reps to pick up that extra weight, you are mentally pushing yourself and you're mentally strengthening your, your mind. And... I think also for anxiety, like having a good routine is really good. Now, because I'm not at uni right now, it's the holidays, I don't have a full set routine because there's not really any need to. But I currently, I am trying to become a morning workout girl. It sometimes works, it sometimes doesn't, to be honest. 
But right now, since I've come back from Dubai and because of the time difference, I'm waking up early, which is actually good. Like at the beginning, I was like, oh, why am I waking up at 6.30 a.m.? But you know what? It's actually working in my favor. And what I try to do is get up, just immediately get changed and walk out to go to the gym. The gym is like a five minute walk from me. And sometimes I walk into the gym still half asleep, but by the time we're done, I'm wide awake. And that works for me because it's setting the tone of my day. I have felt accomplished in the first few hours of my day. And you kind of get that serotonin boost from working out, the adrenaline boost, and you just feel strong. And I also feel when I work out first thing in the morning, I then kind of stay active the rest of the day. Whereas if I get up and just go to the couch with a cup of tea which I do still do some mornings but I lie to myself and I say right we're gonna go to the gym energetically at like 1 p.m 2 p.m it comes around to like 12 30 and I'm like why did I not go to the gym this morning like trying to drag yourself up is so difficult but finding what works for you finding what exercise you love if going to the gym at 8am is your worst nightmare you know it doesn't have to be 8am but also just going out for a walk like moving yourself and getting some fresh air fresh air sells everything as my mum likes to say um <laughs> that's a little joke but whenever me or Tristan has like a headache or we say we're like we're not feeling great she says have you had some fresh air but you know Steph knows what she's talking about sometimes sometimes fresh air does really help but just do something to make yourself feel accomplished, whatever that may be, because I also feel with that feeling of accomplishment, we kind of have self-compassion for ourselves because we're like, well done, I did that. And if that's not through working out, it can be through another form. It could be through tidying and cleaning and organizing. That's also something that I have done recently because 1000% messy place, messy brain. And I think when your space is messy, it just reflects what's going on in your mind. Whereas if I can see that everything's tidy and clean and it smells nice and I have a candle lit and glowing, I start to feel a bit glowy on the inside. I'm like, okay, I can actually relax. Whereas if I'm sat surrounded by laundry and surrounded by mess, I'm sitting there thinking, I really need to get up and tidy that or that should be there, that shouldn't be there. And then I just think about tidying and cleaning which does sound slightly Monica Geller of me, but I 100% stand by the fact that your mind will feel more at ease if you are in a tidy and calm, peaceful zone. And it's quite therapeutic. Like yesterday, I cleaned out my desk. I put on some Harry Potter in the background. I cleared out my drawers. I gave all a little wipe down and I reorganised and it's looking fantastic. It's looking clean. It's looking organized. And now you know what? I actually have a slight desire to sit at my desk, even though it's kind of coming at the wrong time because I don't have anything to sit at my desk for right now. Although I guess that I could edit my podcast at the desk, but I don't normally. But what I'm saying is it can just kind of spark this new energy in you where you're like, oh, that is actually a really nice place to be. Like if you make your couch all nice and you make your living room nice with candles and your kitchen's all tidy, like you will just feel better than when everything's messy and mucky and you're just kind of like, oh, I need to clean that, but I can't be bothered. And then it's just a vicious cycle once again. Anxiety loves vicious cycles. Now, the thing that I think makes anxiety so scary sometimes is it's literally like being followed by a voice. And it's a voice that knows every single one of your insecurities and every single one of your biggest fears and it uses them against you. 
It knows how to get to you. It knows how to get under your skin. Like the scariest thing that I could do is hurt someone, especially someone I love, but just anyone in general. And my anxiety knows that. So it says to me, what if you hurt that person? And it it spikes that anxiety and it makes me spiral and it makes me have a panic attack. And the voice gets so loud until it's the only voice you hear. And you then start to question yourself, like anxiety and OCD, it's like the disorder of doubt. It makes you doubt who you are. It makes you doubt what you think. It makes you doubt your reality. And like, I have, I have questioned, I'm like, am I actually a good person? Like, I think that because I'm like, why am I having these thoughts? But all of your thoughts, all of your anxious thoughts, it is just that voice that knows how to get to you. And some people, I know some people have found it helpful to separate their brain from themselves. Like I recommended in last week's podcast episode Mo Goddard's book The Little Voice in Your Head oh my goodness amazing book I am honestly going to reread it because the first time I read it I just wanted to read it straight but I'm gonna reread it and highlight it and annotate it and stuff because it is just so so good and relatable that voice knows you like yes to a degree that voice is you but it's the voice that knows how to get to you and how to worry you and you just have to turn around and say okay Susan shut up like obviously your brain is you. I'm not going to sit here and say your brain isn't you. It is obviously part of you, but we can't control what we think. We can't control what thoughts come into our head. What we can control is our response to it. So if you get a thought that you don't like, we need to try and say, okay, Susan, like whatever, sharp. Like we can't believe that those thoughts are us because we can't choose what thoughts come into our head. Obviously we can choose certain thoughts. Like we, we can choose to think of a flower and a flower's in our head, but these kind of random thoughts we cannot control and something that I thought was a really good analogy is imagine your brain as like your email inbox and think about it in a day we maybe get 30 emails 18 of which could be in the spam junk section and like 12 max are actually in your inbox section and try to think of them as your thoughts you have so many thoughts and emails essentially go into your spam and we just ignore them. We just delete them. Like if you get an email saying, congratulations, you've won $1 billion. Click on this link to collect your money. You're not going to click on that link. You're not going to believe it. So that's what we have to do to our thoughts. We have to turn around and go, you're just in the junk mail. You're some, you're some email spam. Let's go to the actual inbox. Like you don't, don't believe those thoughts. Don't believe those emails. That's what we have to do. We have to stop thinking that we are completely responsible for what comes into our head because so many different factors affect that and every single person thinks random thoughts but it only sticks when we kind of attach panic and worry to that and if anxiety is something that you struggle with or have newly struggled with or think you might have anxiety but you're not sure I like would highly recommend talking to your GP if you want talk to your friend or your family first and have somebody come with you if you're a bit nervous But I think it's easy to think like, oh, it's just anxiety. Like I'm just taking up the doctor's time. But that's part of the reason they're there. Like they are there to help you. And part of what makes it so scary is we don't know what it is at the beginning. That's why I was so terrified. And I think why it stuck so bad was because I didn't know what it was. I didn't know that what I was experiencing was anxiety. Because I think if it was, I would have turned around to myself and just gone, oh, it's just anxiety and kept moving on. But I focused on it for so long because I didn't know what it was and it made me panic and made it stick so go to your GP like tell them how you're feeling that's what I did I explained how I was feeling and she said you know it's anxiety and like it's a mix of anxiety and OCD and 
she gave me some tips to try and I actually ended up going on anti-anxiety medication and the first set didn't work for me and the second set did work for me it did help to ease it slightly and some days are better than others some days are bad but you just have to find what works for you medication you might not need medication you literally might just need to talk to someone and then you realize that what you're thinking you can actually deal with on your own and that's that's amazing and if you need medication that's also okay like you're not a failure for needing some medication like if you had a sore leg you would take medication and right now you got a sore brain so I don't think there's any embarrassment to be had that if you need to take medication for your mental health I don't think that's something that you need to be scared of obviously if you want to keep it to yourself keep it to yourself like I have told about four people about my anxiety right now and here I am telling all of you but if it helps one person then that's amazing and I also think even just for myself like talking out loud I'm kind of talking my thoughts talking like my ideas about it and trying to talk it like into action and all these tips that I'm giving you like I'm trying to ingrain them into myself because I know they do help other things that have helped me are just finding good like educational stuff on anxiety like I love learning about this like not about this kind of stuff but with whatever I'm struggling with at the time I love research and I love information like essentially that is how I got myself out of my anorexia I read a book called Damn the Diets which if you struggle with an eating disorder or you know someone who does I cannot recommend that book enough I will post a photo on my Instagram of it and I honestly I did essentially educate myself out of it like that sounds really weird and it's not always possible but I think I just I know like I am an intellectual person and I know that I like my brain does thrive on information and I think I just got it in that book and it kind of helped solve this kind of question mark over how I was feeling so now with like the anxiety and OCD and everything going along with it reading about it and understanding our brains and understanding why things happen it makes me feel less scared because a it makes you feel less alone it doesn't make you feel like you're losing your mind because that's the other thing anxiety literally makes you feel like you're going crazy you're like what is going on I'm losing my mind it's all going wrong the world is ending like that is how it feels but reading these books and reading that there's actually science behind it there is neuroscience every time your brain does something it's doing it for a reason and you know it can be a response to something like all of the things that our brain do it's also possible that it's diverting you away from something and like last week when I was speaking about pushing down how we think and how we feel into Pandora's box over and over again and then when it opens it kind of all goes crazy and it all goes mad essentially I do think that's part of what my anxiety has done it's kind of diverted me away from all the things that have happened in my life that I've just kind of not thought about I think I have believed the only way I can get through this is by pretending it didn't happen and keep going and moving on there's literally things that have happened that I sometimes I'm like did that actually happen because I'm just I've just pushed it down I chose not to engage with it and I think now my brain's gone okay I know what will get your attention here we go what if you do this and I'm like oh my god oh my god and just panic so that's another thing understand your brain is clever you your brain is so smart like I said it knows how to get to you it knows how to get under your skin if you're ignoring it it it, it knows how to get your attention back and that's actually another exercise that Mo Goddard does in that book is he tells you there's little exercises um dotted throughout the book and he tells you to sit I think he recommends twice a week and he sits with a piece of paper 
and a pen and he goes, right, like I said, I called my brain Susan, right Susan, what are you thinking? And you write down everything your brain's thinking because you are then listening to your brain. You are giving your brain attention. So it doesn't need these moments of scary thoughts and anxious thoughts to snap your attention away because you're fully giving your brain attention. You are fully engaging with yourself and you're listening to yourself and you're thinking, okay, what's going on inside your brain right now? What's going on with you, Susan? How are you feeling? Just like you'd ask your friend, how are they feeling? Ask your brain, how are you feeling? And write down every thought, write down every, it will try to give you anxious and scary thoughts because it knows that's how it can get your attention. So if it says, you know, what if I hit Tristan, for example, we would write that down and then it might be, oh, it's sunny today. Oh, it's meant to rain next week. Oh, I'd quite like to go on holiday. And it might say again, what if I hit Tristan? Because that really provokes my anxiety and terrifies me. Then you just go turn around to it and you go, you've already told me that, Susan. And you keep going. And it's showing that you're responding to your brain. You're listening to your brain, giving it attention, but also that you can control how you respond to it. Susan doesn't get to control you and scare you. You can go okay, Susan, I'm a bit bored of that. You've already told me that already. Okay, really? Like you've told me three times already. And it's just kind of giving you control over something that feels so out of your control. And I would just recommend trying that so much. It feels a bit weird at the beginning, not gonna lie. You can even sit and do it on your phone if you want and see how that works for you. See how your brain responds to that because it's something that I think we never think of doing. We never think of giving ourselves the attention to reflect But when we do, it can be a bit like, oh, okay, this is interesting. And eventually your brain will run out of things to say. Susan will run out of things to say to you and you've listened to her. So she'll just kind of go quiet and it's amazing. And something else that I've really tried to do, although I've kind of been lacking lately, but I'm really going to try and get it into my routine is meditating. Now meditating when you're anxious and have scary thoughts is terrifying because you're literally sitting in the silence of your mind and you're like, if I'm having scary thoughts, why on earth do I want to sit in silence? Like uh, there was one point I felt like I couldn't do anything in silence. I always needed to have the TV on or had to have music or had to have a podcast or I had to have my phone and the TV because I just felt like every part of my brain needed to be occupied because I didn't want to be alone in my thoughts. Whereas meditating, you are literally doing that. You are literally sitting in your brain, in the silence of your brain, and you're just letting whatever comes to your mind, come to your mind. And meditating can feel really strange and I think at the beginning you always feel like you're doing it wrong but I don't think there's any way to do meditation wrong. What I do is I sit, I think the longer you can do it the better but I am just trying to slowly build it up so I try like to start with I was just doing it five minutes and now I'm kind of at 10 minutes and Jay Shetty does it for like an hour multiple times a day I'm pretty sure but what was really interesting is he said in a podcast that he had really low I want to say vitamin d levels and really low vitamin d levels can cause depression and the doctor was like how on earth are you not depressed because your vitamin d levels are so chronically low and they actually put it down to his meditation work because he used to be a monk and he spends every single day making sure he does his meditation and so I think that just kind of that screams the benefits of meditating and it can sound a bit weird and it can sound a bit like oh I'm going to meditate but like the benefits are there 100% that little thing that I said at the beginning with Mario Martinez and repeating those safety things that is kind of like a sort of meditation and if you don't know where to start with meditation I would 1000% recommend the Calm app I think it's 39.99 for the whole year 
and it's amazing. There's meditation guidance, there's like yoga flow, like slow movements, there's sleep stories. You can have Harry Styles read you up bedtime stories, my people. Like, come on, you can have Matthew McConaughey. Like, wow, let me say, just for the bedtime stories, it was fantastic. And I felt like, you know what, I'd pay £40 to have Harry Styles read me a bedtime story, even just once. I'd pay a lot more than £40, but nonetheless, it's great. And it can just lead you through meditation. And Jay Shetty, he is like the global ambassador of CAM, I'm pretty sure. And he has his like daily gratitudes and meditation guidance. And I think that's such a good place to start if you don't know where to start with meditation. Or if you're just really uncomfortable doing it on your on your own, because it is uncomfortable, put that on, be guided. Because it does give you like, it will give you like 30 second pauses. So you are in silence. It will just kind of help you along the way. And I've just, I've loved it, but I'm definitely going to try and implement that into my daily routine because I am not doing it enough right now. But when you are meditating, you will get the thoughts of you're doing it wrong, like, oh, you may as well just stop now, like, you're not going to benefit from this. But you just have to sit there with those thoughts because, again, that's just Susan trying to get your attention because you're doing something new and she doesn't like it. So try meditating. Let me know how you get on. Let me know how you find it, like, if you found it hard or weird and I'll let you know a bit more about how I found it. I still find it slightly uncomfortable, especially on the more anxious days, but I know that focusing on my breathing, focusing on just essentially meditating is letting whatever comes in your brain just flow back out again. You're not ruminating and focusing on one specific thought. You're just letting everything flow in and out of your brain. I guess to a degree, it's kind of like that exercise that I was saying um, where you are like okay what's going on Susan you're kind of doing that when you're meditating it's difficult you just have to let whatever flows in flow out and that can be hard because those scary thoughts and anxiety thoughts will creep back up and we have to try and not stick to them but I do think it is really really beneficial so my ideal day for me an ideal day to limit anxiety would be waking up early because when I wake up early I just know I will have a more productive day waking up early and going straight to the gym coming back having a shower doing my skincare because then I'm just feeling accomplished and I'm feeling refreshed and clean. I will then have a delightful iced decaf coffee, an iced decaf vanilla latte to be precise, and have a nice little breakfast. And then I'll just have some chill time. I always have my chill time every day. I need to have my TV time. Like I sound like a, like an eight-year-old, but I do. I need my TV time. It's my chill time. It's my cuddle with the cats time. And then Breakfast and coffee is combined with cat cuddles, always, Romy and Minnie. They will always come, oh, that's another great thing for anxiety, is some pet cuddles. If you have a dog, if you have some cats, if you're a cat person, go and get some cuddles. And if you don't, go to your friend's house. If you like cats, come on over to mine, because I can provide ample cat cuddles. And yeah, they're just great. And then it will just be whatever I'm doing in my day, getting on with that. And then if I need a little break, going out and getting some fresh air, listening to a podcast, and something that someone told me who I was speaking to said, when you're going outside, like be inquisitive, look at the world around you and look at the trees and kind of appreciate the trees. Like I know I've spoken about appreciation and gratitude before, but seriously, gratitude and anxiety cannot coexist because they're at opposite ends of your like emotions. So if you're feeling anxious, you're obviously not feeling grateful because you're terrified. And if you're feeling grateful, you're not going to be feeling anxious because you're focused on those positive things. So when you go outside, like be inquisitive, look at the trees and the way they grow and look at the way the clouds move and 
just really ground yourself and focus on where you are because that again that will help you get out your brain and I think it's so easy to like get ourselves caught in our brain and what we're thinking I know that hands down but doing that little thing of grounding and seeing where we are in the world around us can really help to just distract us from our brains and there was something that I saw on social media I'm sure it was Victoria Garrick she has the real pod podcast which I love and she did a post one day I screenshotted it and it's a picture of two little snails and it says if you're feeling stressed or overwhelmed just remember that these two snails exist and all day long they'll be slowly making their way across the pavement all we are is bigger snails who evolved over time and now think that we are more important than these snails but these snails don't know us and they don't care and another day of reminding ourselves that it's not that deep so that she called it super high level framing and it kind of helps focus less on us and less on this thing that we've made so big in our mind because we can realize there's snails in the world and their whole world is crossing the pavement that day and we are nothing to them we're just bigger snails we're just other beings it's so easy to get trapped in our thoughts and what we're thinking but like there's so much else going on in the world there's so much other things in the world and we have to realize that what's going on in our brain even though it's screaming at us it's like an alarm bell it's just not that deep like essentially when we have an an anxious scary thought in our head it's imagine this is something else that someone told me which really does help when I remember to do it is imagine your anxiety thought your scary intrusive thought imagine it is literally like a fire close your eyes and imagine a little fireman like waddling over it. Now I say little fireman because I just think it makes it funnier and having humor always helps ease anxiety. But imagine a little fireman waddling over with his bucket of water and his ladder and he's coming and he's pouring the water over the fire and he's putting the fire out. Like that little visualization technique does help me. But like I said, these are all things as you can see that they're coming to my mind as we're talking because there's just so many things that I can say that have helped me with anxiety and I get annoyed at myself because I do forget some of the things sometimes and if I remember it I'm like oh that would help me so much okay we're going back to finishing my perfect day to help anxiety so we've just had our walk we have a nice nutritious lunch and always have some sweets like chocolate always have something sweet because I have a sweet tooth and yeah chocolate just makes me smile makes my stomach smile makes me smile and it makes my brain smile and then I might have a nice relaxing bath to just be calm and relaxed do a little pre-bed meditation and then I would just have try have an early-ish night and make sure that the last thing I do before I go to sleep is read not be on my phone because I'm really bad at doing that so now I'm trying to read I am on my book grind right now I am currently reading a thousand boy kisses I will say I don't read the happiest books like I like sappy romances and sad romances and yeah (laughs) I'm gonna try and like alternate reading a sad book and a happy book because I don't think it would be great for me to only read sad books but I am loving a thousand boy kisses right now and that would be my perfect anxiety free day. Other things I do think help in terms of like supplements you can take that I have found work for me. I also take ashwagandha and magnesium which helps with sleep and also omega-3 fatty acids like they are so good for your brain health and like if we can take something to make our brain healthy let's take it. So highly like out of all of them definitely omega-3s and then yeah ashwagandha have just kind of helped with 
stress a little bit and then magnesium for sleep because like I said good sleep is what we want we want a deep sleep we want a high REM sleep we just we want all the things to help ease our little anxious brains and from anything in this episode that I want you to take away is your brain knows how to scare you your brain knows how to get under your skin and you just have to turn around name your brain turn around and tell it to shut up and remember that we all have spam junk mail and we need to stop taking every thought we have so seriously and just finding out of all those things that I've said finding what works for you finding maybe it's having less caffeine I'd say ease it out like if you're a, if you're a six coffee person a day like maybe just cut it back to two to start with I wouldn't go cold turkey because you might struggle I still have the odd caffeine withdrawal headache and just see try meditating you might hate it you might surprise yourself try a different exercise regime try prioritizing your sleep try reading more try all these different things that you've not tried before because the definition of insanity is doing the same thing and expecting a different outcome like if you're still anxious after all this time we need to do something different we need to try something different try meditation try a different exercise regime try changing your daily routine like just try something and keep a little note try the reflection exercise try reading Mo Goddard's book try Mario Martinez's mind body code podcast there are so many things I can recommend to try I get that that's a lot of information to take in one go so I'd say maybe take it try one at a time and see how you get on let me know how you get on and I hope this has helped you and I hope that your anxiety eases I hope that you learn how to deal with it and learn to be in control of it and not to let it control you and remember even though those anxious days feel horrendous and feel like the world is ending remember the anxiety is just a caterpillar we are going to turn into butterflies we will evolve from it we will grow our wings and grow and our bad days are just chapters they're not the whole story and we will grow from this and move on to our happy ending and our happy plot So keep on going and I hope you have a great rest of the week and I will see you in next week's episode. Bye guys.